It's the High and Wide Podcast with Brad Carlson and Damon Perrant. Triple H, Big Show, The Rock says tonight, the only two things that you two candy asses should concern yourself with is this, is your roll, know it, your mouth, shut it, and if you do that, then The Rock, the great one, Darren Dam Tease, you will smell what The Rock is cooking. Rune carries in, rolling in front of the minute shot, Dejardin following the play, and he missed the short shot, there he is again, Here we are for another edition of the High and Wide Podcast. We've got Kevin Schwartz, Mike McCullough, myself, David Perron. Brad Carlson has decided to pull a no-show. Uh, Kev. Again. appears he only does it when you're the champ and you guys got to face off or something. Jump. He's like, can't blame the guy for fearing me. I guess. No. So, uh, as as the uh, the the trivia master, Mike, what's your what's your thoughts? How do we how do we move forward? Do we just skip this week for ch- stump the chump? Or I think so. I ain't defending the title against you. You haven't earned the right yet. Kev, Kev is so your time scared hasn't, to your face time me. hasn't come. Every yeah. time Kev has to face me, the following no. week he's got he's out. Nothing. Nothing. No. Not out at well, we'll see. I wasn't, we'll see I, wasn't, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't. I didn't come in prepared for Damon, I Damon tonight. I came in yeah. prepared for Brad. I'm not going to uh, risk my title on a like last second switcheroo. Like that's fair. You don't, don't have your first, trivia. You, yeah, you, you think this? You don't have your trivia. <laughs> I love it. That's funny. You know, when you guys do eventually meet, it's going to be the, uh, the the WrestleMania uh, six of of this stump jump. Right? It's going to be the Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior matchup. <laughs> like just yeah. epic, just epic. I had a couple, you know, of, a couple. It also be pages. one of those uh, zero zero battles that we've been known to have here too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it could also be that. Um, lots uh, fun stuff to talk about. Uh, some some NHL. Um, I guess. What do you want to call it? Miscarriages of justice, I guess, with uh, some horrid calls and. Some suspensions and neon knees that lead to suspensions, but also lead to five thousand dollars fines. Like what the fuck? We're gonna get into that. We're gonna be talking uh, some some NFL. Mike Justin Fields back on the field this week for the for the Bears. That's exciting. Ribs are healed up. Yeah, yeah. is it exciting? Are you excited about it? Uh, no, I'm. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be if I was a Bears fan. I'm excited about Justin Fields in the long term. I think he's going to be good. I've seen enough from him that I'm excited, but 
they got to get rid of the coach, <laughs> number one. I think and number two, deal. they're better off losing right now than winning. I'd rather them lose. Yes, well, I, I agree. think if you're a Bears fan going into this this Sunday excited over the chances of Justin Fields beating Aaron Rodgers. No, no. We're, we're going to talk about that. You, you, you might be a little delusional. Yeah, we're going to talk about that because there's some fun behind that as well. Um, the, and uh, we're going to get into some CFL as the Bombers take on the Ticats. That's the uh, second time that that's happening in the last three years. So that's fun. But uh, before we get to that, how was the week, boys? Mike, what'd you do this week? Besides uh, gamble all, all week long. Uh... Not much, yeah. I've just been grinding a lot of DFS. I've been putting a lot of time into it. The results have been good overall. Bad, bad week Sunday, but it's been fun. And it's one advantage it has. I've noticed over poker is if you want to take more than a five minute break every hour, you can. You can go for a walk. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. This, yeah, when you're playing poker, you have the five to the hour. You got to do your shift and then be back at it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's literally the grind. Yeah. Seriously, I got I to gotta watch Rounders again. That movie's so good. Oh. Kevin Schwartz, how's your week, bud? It's a typical middle or beginning of winter week for me. You hate it. Eh? You Just hate winter. Absolutely despise it. <laughs> absolutely just hate it. When are you and Mike going to take a, a high and wide podcast trip down to the down to the cell. I hate, I hate beaches too. I hate everything. <laughs> what a grumpy old man. Like, I do. It's like I hate the cold, but I'm not really a fan of sitting on a beach. Like I'm probably like I'd be you happy can do other things in the you can do lots of things in the trial for Oh yeah. Like, to just, if you could take me to a part of like the Amazon or something like that where like the crazy spiders and lizards and snakes don't exist, <laughs> I'd be plenty happy with that. Um, there, the big misnomer, actually, for people and the tropics, I find, is, like, the best thing to do is, like, go surfing or whatever you do at the beach in the morning and then go home and, like, hang out in the hammock or do shit, other shit during the day, and then you go back at sunset. You don't want to be at the beach in the middle of the day. Like, no, it's too hot for that shit. Especially people from Manitoba. Like, yeah. <laughs> Tasty white folks like myself don't do well on beaches. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. I managed uh, I to stick me, stick me in BC in the mountains, and I can be happy. But unfortunately, it's like neither on fire or totally flooded. So like yeah, that's no, not even uh, really an option either. So I don't know. Just next, leave me sitting yeah. here in the middle of COVID hell, Manitoba, and, uh, in my couch. <laughs> I'm happy. Oh. I'm happy. I'm happily miserable. I guess is how you put it for the next month. I've uh, I actually have a funny story to tell. So I am a part of uh, Shinny Executive here in um, Winkler. We we run a Shinny program. We canceled it last year, obviously with everything COVID. This year we had to cancel it again because of lack of people signing their kids up. We had eight kids registered for Shinny, and it's. It has to be because, I don't know, 90% of the people that come out and play shinny aren't vaccinated. It has to be that. I don't know why you wouldn't have your kids just sign up and play for an opportunity to get out of the house on a Saturday morning, play some hockey, have some fun. Like, the parents, if they're not vaccinated, they can't come into the to, into the arena. So drop your kid off. Let them play for an hour. Go, to, like, go sit in your car at Tim Hortons, drink a coffee for an hour. 
and then come back and pick your kid up. Like, why does it have to be about you and your fucking unvaccinated views? Like, well, we're, what's the normal? What's the typical number? 60 this? to 100. Wow. And we and we yeah. had eight signed up for this year. Wow. Eight, including my one kid, another guy on the executive committee, his two kids, and then the other guy that's on the exec committee, his one kid. So four that aren't executive committee members, kids. Like, that's it's just, the, it's just stupid. It's just that crazy town down oh, there? Or what's going on? Every time I look at the COVID numbers, um, and they, they give you the breakdown of the, the different regions in Manitoba, Winkler is always, like, up there for the highest amount of people that are uh, either have contracted COVID with Winnipeg, very close to those numbers, and <laughs> by far the most unvaccinated people that have COVID. Living in Southern Health Region, I appreciate how Winkler has been separated from the rest of the region. Oh, like it's not even funny. Like, Seriously, because right. I live so I live ten minutes down the road from from Winkler in Morden, and Morden's vaccination rate is seventy percent. Mm-hmm. I think we're oh, still hovering. What are we still like forty five? Yeah, I don't know. fifty maybe so, something ridiculous like that. I think so. fifty is high. I'm really fast. Like, it would take a long, in-depth study to really, why, why is that? It's a ten-minute drive down the road, and there's that. It's not. It's not a long, in-depth study. It's literally two different demographics. One is let's not act like fucking idiots. The other is church, God-fearing. Everybody is from like Mexico or uh, coming from a different country or something like that like that was kind of like i just kind of mean like what those communities must have really grown together and like been very similar all through the years like no kev you would know know more about this ever since i've been around here there is a distinct competition is the wrong word but like springfield shelbyville and not even a joke there's and, kind of a built-in well there's definitely a built-in rivalry yeah there's i don't know about people from winkler if they hate morden but there's people from morden who hate winkler <laughs> yeah yeah like, yes there is yeah like i don't know you live in winkler you probably could answer that better than me like, i don't I'm, i don't know a lot of that like I think, i've heard like winkler bits oh i hate morden blah 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 like it's, I would say, but there are people in this town who just despise yeah, what's I, ten, hit them is, and that was, and this is going back ago. 20, 30 years, yeah. like way before like any of this COVID stuff ever came into play. Like this is, this is a long rooted rivalry between the two towns. <laughs> yes, oh, uh, from my vantage point, I haven't really paid much attention to it because I think it's the stupidest thing ever. You're literally going to be one town in the next 10, 15, 20 years. Like if, if growth has any say in it it's just the way it's going to happen but winkler i i just don't think they can see past their own nose like if it's not about winkler they don't give a shit that's how i kind of view it but i i would agree wholeheartedly that morden looks at winkler and goes you fucking idiots (laughs) and and for not just the covid related thing just long term like it's just just a bunch of like i don't know there's I think we drove around town one time and we ended up counting like 35 different churches in Winkler. 35! Oh, 
You're you're low on that number. I'm probably I'm probably no, you're, right. You're you're definitely low on that number. There's like, like thirty five. Is... There's like thirty five in Morden. <laughs> you're like okay, sure, but that's outrageous. That's crazy. There's a church on every corner. Every corner, Mike. I'm not even kidding you. On one of our main streets, just down, I live on 11th Street, just down the street from us. We have a church that's at the end on the other side of another street. Like a lot over, there's a church. A totally I, bet you, church. I bet you there's been a lot built in the last 10, 15 years, too. Well, probably. It's, yeah. I have a disagreement with what this church says. Let's go build another church. <laughs> like, fuck me. It's so dumb. Well, but well, I think, well, I think customers. I do. I do want to say this. I should clarify when I'm when I'm saying to people from uh, like Mexico and, and uh, coming from other countries, they aren't necessarily the ones that are like anti-vaxxing and things like that. But just the demographic here is so much different that I, I think than than Morden's. Morden's is a lot more homegrown, I think. And Kev, well, you can speak to that too. We get all the immigration you guys get to here. It's okay. Uh, okay. Morden grew up a white community, like. Oh yes! Like there was when I went to school, there was nothing but white kid, white kids in the classes, like yes. in, in the entire school. Like there was two two boys of color in my entire school growing, you know, growing up. But now That's it's crazy. But now it is totally integrated. Totally changed out. And it's probably pretty unlikely that the immigrant the immigrants are the one driving the anti-vax stuff as a whole. No. No, no, not at all. It's the religion in this area. Yeah. And, and, and then you fucking idiots that are running around talking about freedoms and oh, let's not get into that because I'll fucking lose my mind. Um, <laughs> we uh, we went to the zoo on Friday. Mike, you would have loved it. It was a gorgeous night out. Lots of lights. Uh, a, a nice two hour walk in the cold. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, it was actually super nice. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> it didn't help hurt that the uh, zoo now sells coffee and hot chocolate with liquor that's good times oh nice but uh yeah i thought that was pretty funny um and it was a good like it was fun they actually did like it was we went last year or the year before it may not have been last year maybe the year before and it was fun but it was short and then this year like we i felt like we hurried at the end and we still walked for two hours we had all the kids and everything and it was like they loved it. It was pretty. Taking pictures. It's a family thing. Brad would care more for it than you two. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's winter. Could care less to be in the zoo in the middle of winter. <laughs> yeah, I know. Agreed. <laughs> and you don't even get, you don't really even get to see any animals. There's no, nothing really out unless there's like so deer. And you're paying, and you're paying to be outside, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, it, we, uh, yes, we yeah. did pay. It was not a, it was not a cheap night. <laughs> just just like uh just ridiculous like all those crazies, just like all those crazies sitting in the middle of the football field this past weekend watching the bombers play. Like, I'll tell you what, there. that would have been a fun game to be at though. It was loud. I would have if you told me I was gonna lose that eight hundred, I still would have gone with that. <laughs> Instead of going to the bombers. I was just gonna say I don't I don't think you couldn't I don't think you could have given me a free ticket to go to the game. <laughs> oh, you probably could have given you a free ticket whether you would have showed up or not. That's a totally different story. <laughs> like, I've I've made the mistake of going to a great the last great cup in Winnipeg. Did you? Yeah. And that was in November. That was one of the most miserable experiences of my life for the first <laughs> half. The Did you only leave? Did you leave? No, 
Oh, the only thing that th- this is where this, this is it, it turned around. The only thing that saved me was we get to halftime, and it was uh Chantel Crabbiaz, who was yeah. the halftime show. <laughs> and I, I by no, when we were sitting, like these were comp seats from Boston, like from my one of my beer refs back in my Boston pizza days. And we were sitting up in the like up in the bleachers at the makeshift like end zone that they had. Yeah. So, and the wind was just whipping on us, and it was frigid to start. So, we get the halftime, and it's like, well, we're going to try to find some warmth. No fucking way. We're sitting here watching Chantel. So, we go down. You want to play board, Chantel? I could, Girls with, I yeah. could tell you story. I could tell you stories about her, too. Um, I love her. Um, we end <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not ruining my love for Chantel Kirby. I was telling you everything. <laughs> So my, the buddy I'm there with, he ends up like he's on a major mini donut fix. Eh? It's just like that's all he wants to find. And I'm like, you go wander the park and find your mini donuts. I'm just going to hang around here and just like it's warm. There's no wind. I've got a beer in my hand. <laughs> I'll be this fine. is about as good as it is. Yeah, dude. I'm not moving until you, you get back. Yeah. I said. So, so I'm waiting there. All of a sudden I hear this. Hey, you. And it's coming from like underneath the bleachers that I'm standing against. <laughs> and I turn around. And there's this Gentil Kirby Asik is no, under the bleachers trying to get him to come with her. No, but it was better than that because Chantel's a total. Don't get, don't get me started on her, like I said. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but this girl's in there. This girl's under the bleachers. She's like, you look bored. And I'm like, well, I'm just waiting for a friend to come back. She's like, well, come. She says, come hang out under here with me. And I'm like, it's nice and warm under here. <laughs> <laughs> so I go underneath the bleachers. I think it's so smart. It's out of the wind, whatever. She's got a two four sitting there, <laughs> like a full two four of bottles. And I'm like, "Where did you get this?" And she's like, well, "I just walked over to the beer rat, like where the like the Labatt tent. I just walked behind it, and the flap was open, and I just grabbed the case." Oh and my god! And she's like, "I see help with someone to drink the case." So I spent the whole second. My buddy like went back to his seat. I never showed up. I showed up with like five minutes left in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like I just, Hammer. I just, uh, I just sat there and drank beer with her. All game it was warmer. You could still <laughs> hear great. what was going on. <laughs> the beer was free. So, oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to one great cup as well. It was I, w- I worked at it. It was at Taylor Field. I think it was 90, 94 or ninety five. You would have been just a young buck at that point. Yeah, I was. It was. I, I can't remember if Brad was still working there at the time. We had started there together. But anyway, this was the Great Cup, and it was, like, minus 40. Oh, yeah. And it was the year that uh, – who what, did Baltimore win? It was, like, the the American – That, yeah. yeah. Baltimore was the team that won, yeah. Yeah, and it was just miserable, obviously. And I, like, I grew up eating the cold. Like, I don't ever remember liking it, so I needed <laughs> it at that age. Didn't make any money until the end of the night, and like the drunkest human came ever came over and bought some pop, some cold popcorn off me and gave me a fifty dollar tip. And like he was like plowed, like he couldn't see, but I didn't care. I was like, I deserve this fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Not even for the work that he's putting in, just for the time that he's putting. Yeah, in. yeah, that's great. Um. Kev, tell us about this New Jersey Devils story and your friend. And then <laughs> you seen that. Hey. Well, you you were talking yeah, about he I'm was going uh, he was going to the Devils ga- uh, Jets game. 
this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday night, was it? I think so. And the Devils blew up his daughter on social media. Uh, his Twitter account, he surprised her with, uh, I don't know if the game was a surprise, but he surprised her with a new sweater and he filmed it. And she just has this amazing reaction on her face when he throws the jersey at her and the New Jersey Devils seen it and like retweeted it with some sort of comment on it. And it's got like something like 15,000 like views now and something like that. And That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It's cool when you see, like, I remember there was, like, I, I don't know if it was a game this weekend, but somebody had a sign-up that said something about, like, you're a piece of shit, and it got on TV and all that kind of stuff. And, like, why why go to a game if you're going to act like that? I love seeing the things where, like, the players come over and kids have the signs up where it says, like, I'll trade you a piece of candy for a stick or or something, like a puck or something, and the players go over and they do it. Or there's, like, the time – who oh, was it a Toronto Maple Leaf player that did like rock, paper, scissors with a kid in the stands for, for his stick and he lost yeah, and he throws it. Like those are the things that are awesome. It's kind of like when you're watching baseball and Aaron judge is throwing catch with some kid in the stands. Like that's a really cool moment or like in football Lambo leap, just cool interactions. I have basketball. I guess it doesn't really happen as much outside of, Maybe the, the malice of the palace. <laughs> it's it's real commonplace in baseball. Yeah, like, big time. And they it's make awesome. Big, it, it's always a big deal when you like in hockey because like, when you see that, like it always makes rounds because it's players do flick pucks, but when you get oh, like yeah. those kind of moments, it's a little more rare because yeah. it's you got the glasses, it's, you know, you got a divider or whatever, it's a little more separated. But baseball, it's such a long drawn out process at those ballparks for a game that you see all sorts of great videos. Like it, it, they don't even show it most of the time because it's just so commonplace that. in baseball at this point. It's still so cool to see. Yeah. Um, before we get into any, I guess, sports talk, a little bit of political talk, how effective, Mikey, I'm sure you've heard about this. How effective is this political boycott going to be on the Beijing Olympics? <laughs> I, I haven't actually been following much. But what's the... Uh, okay, so China... Is what hosting the countries are boycotting? Well, U.S. is boycotting it, and Canada announced today that they're going to boycott it. But it's it's it's, Canada, U.S. ambassadors, Australia, and the and the U.K. that are not sending any diplomats. (laughs) Oh, okay. So they're not boycotting. No, all the athletes are going. Oh, oh, (laughs) yeah. I'm like, holy shit, that's big news. Um, No, yeah, it's just a. Is this the dumbest thing ever? They can't really, like, our economy, the whole world economy's been foolishly intertwined to a point that, like, you can't even F around with China. (laughs) So they do, when China does really bad stuff, they, like, they do these little, like, gestures like that. Well, we won't send diplomats. Okay, well. (laughs) (laughs) I read about it this morning that Canada was joining this boycott. I'm like, a boycott of what? Like, I don't know about you, but if I'm watching the Olympics, and that's a big if, like I'll I'll watch maybe some figure skating <laughs> and uh, definitely hockey. I'll watch basketball for the Summer Olympics. That's it. Yeah. I might catch the 100 meter if there's a Canadian in it. Right. But like that's it. I don't <laughs> I don't know about you. Is it an impact when it comes to economy against China? Like, do, do the diplomats get together during the Olympics and hash out shit? Or is it more no. that grand gesture 
to see, to show like, ooh, we're not supporting you in, in this endeavor. Well, you're not you're not supporting them anyway. It, it does. Yes, you are. It, you're still sending your athletes. <laughs> what it does is it embarrasses China, and that is one thing that they do not like. Like they no, they don't. They don't like me showing up, and that's kind of what they're doing, right? Like you would usually see major leaders of parties at them, so it will hurt Jungil's feelings probably a little bit, and make him a little more pissy towards us when it comes to <laughs> whatever trade negotiations trade, yeah. we have with those countries or whatever. They'll probably, they could lay <laughs> sanctions. Like they're saying it's not out of the realm of possibility that you'll see like sanctions on like canola again or something like, or more sanctions placed on other things come back into play to these countries. But so what you're saying is I'm never going to get a PlayStation five. It's possible. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right, let's get... you got more you got more supply chain issues there than I know. I know Chinese issues God damn it. Uh okay, let's get into some sports. The CFL, obviously, the uh, Grey Cup is happening this weekend. Bombers, tie cats, part yeah. Um if the bombers win, it's back to back for the first time since 0910, uh the Alouettes. So that's kind of cool. Again, if the bombers win. This season was incredible for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Just the sheer dominance against the rest of the league. Take away the last two games. Those were literally throw those games. Keep everybody healthy. Get into the playoffs. If the Bombers win the Great Cup, where do they sit in a possible discussion of greatest CFL teams all time? And I know so, I'm asking. You're, you're asking I'm asking two guy guys here. that are NFL yes. guys, but still. You, you'd have to think. I mean, no one's ever gone undefeated CFL ever. I don't think so. Then right at the top, because as you said, those last two games literally don't matter. Like, they no, <laughs> they were they, <laughs> they didn't play any of their players. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like just this was one of the years. Like, I'm not a big CFL guy, but this was one of the years where, as the the season was going on, I actually grew more interest just seeing how dominant they were. And like their defense and the way that they shut teams down in the fourth quarter, it was amazing to see. So I think just based off of my opinion alone, <laughs> like seriously, that discussion needs to be had. And I think it's a, it's a good one to have because Winnipeg has struggled when it comes to winning anything, whether it's the <clears throat> NHL, I guess we won a couple of, what American League championships with, or is it I International think, League? Whatever the, the Gold Eyes play in, they won some chips. But W-H-A. I think the argument against the Bombers being the all-time team short season. No, it would be that the talent pool probably isn't as strong today as it was, let's say, 20, 30 years ago in the CFL. Sure, there was a lot more option. There's a lot more options today for where players are going out of college and playing now like the cfl used to be a place where you didn't get option a or b maybe c cfl was d you know like yep. now it's like eg you know like there's a lot <laughs> of places you can go and make a good living playing football that aren't the cfl before you consider that's fair. playing a championship game in the middle of december like <laughs> <laughs> so I think that would be the argument against this being the all-time team. Now, if you want to argue their accomplishment for what they've done, 
be an all-time group, maybe one of the greatest things that in the CFL history, then you can make that argument. But all-time team would probably have some fallback, but I'm no CFL guy, so that's just... I think you bring up a good point on that, though, for sure. Yes, the league is a lot watered down compared to what it used to be for... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. Because, you don't think so? Or do you uh, think because well, just where we are in the day and age, just the national I, I, talent I would of think players? It, I think maybe because of... I don't know if COVID's had anything to do with possibly watering it down, but like 23, there's always been a couple of different leagues. Like 20 years ago, yeah. there was NFL Europe and the Arena League. Yeah, that's true. And then there's that fucking Hot. stupid Trump League <laughs> in the 80s. I'm not that that lasted long, but the hot XFL in the early yeah. 2000s. That was good times. Um, also, during, during the game, I love this. Bob Irving, uh, tremendous broadcaster, 50 years broadcasting. Um, I think it was his 49th in the CFL, not including, of course, the COVID year. He's retiring. That game was his last game that he broadcast. The Riders trotted out their uh, their team during Bob Irving's retirement speech during the West Final. (laughs) Sign of disrespect is that dirtbag move or... Is that just uh, hilarious because it's Bombers and Sasky? <laughs> That's probably just Saskatchewan not caring what, what's, what's going on with Winnipeg things, right? I exactly. would agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's awesome myself. Yeah. Anybody that gets upset about that, you're taking your, your sports league too seriously. Yeah. He's like, why would anyone in Saskatchewan care about Winnipeg <laughs> radio? Broadcasting guy. Like, yeah. yeah, like you watch. You watch 95% of the ceremonies that happen on ice field or, or anywhere, and most of the players don't give a damn about what they're seeing oh. or what they're just, yeah, they're, just, they're, they're just mad because they're not in their routine and they have to sit stand or sit yeah. there for 20 minutes waiting for this player's number to go up or whatever it'd be. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate ceremonies. I just, that's one of the reasons I hate the Leafs so much every goddamn Saturday. There's a... You have to go through a ceremony before the game starts. I would but, say Montreal's just as bad. On. Yeah, Montreal's bad. They're both bad. For I will say this. Montreal does it better, though. <laughs> I didn't come here for a ceremony. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. You want to see Ducky's number get retired in the yeah. that would be our. That would be what I didn't come for the anthem. I didn't come. No, like a number, re- like <laughs> a number of retirement, like a half hour ceremony. That is totally unneeded. Yeah. Here's the problem that I have with these ceremonies. Why aren't you doing these before the start of the game? Like if a puck drop is at seven o'clock and it's scheduled for seven o'clock on TV, do your fucking ceremony at 630. Or Or do all of your pop and circumstance beforehand so like have all your interviews and stuff already done before the game and you're playing them throughout the course of the game on the screen yeah and then first intermission five minutes ducky comes out if we're doing that howard chuck the same winnipeg he comes up dresses the crowd he gets five minutes yeah he goes off they clean the ice second intermission his number goes up to the rafters takes five minutes zambonis come out clean the ice done and done doesn't affect the players at all. I agree. Actually, that's not a bad way of doing it. And then you're making it a whole game extravaganza yeah. kind of thing. Because like <laughs> that first half hour, it just kills the mood. 
on the only way it doesn't is for the fans that are in the stands, depending upon what the ceremony is, right? Like if it's, if it's just a generic, let's retire this player's number who retired 20 years ago. A lot of the people that are there are going to be kids. They don't give a shit. So why do that? Like just, just retire. Or, or, or just have one, maybe two tops per, per year. Total ceremonies. Yeah. Like, or that. Make it I'd something special. Yeah, exactly. Not every single Saturday night. Not a fan, Mike. I just, I hate the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the NFL. You guys like the NFL. We'll talk about that. Uh, what'd you guys think of that Monday night or hot, hot game? <laughs> I, I, where, I, well, yeah. Go ahead, <laughs> That's, I was just gonna say, that's <laughs> where like weather just gets like to that extreme level where it just like, I tend to like bad weather games and things that get sloppy, too. but. That's kind of the conditions where it just gets to the point where the weather just takes pretty much everything out of the game that you're watching. Like, there's just not much excitement on that field at all during that game. I went in and out of it because I, I did a couple of DraftKings, like, showdown contests. Yeah. And the way those things work, as soon as someone gets a touchdown that you do not have on your team, you're it's done. You're done. Yeah, yeah you're toast. So, like, Damian Harris, like, ripped off that that like 60 yard touchdown yeah. run at the start of the game like oh well i'm out <laughs> this, game is, this game's hard to watch so i'll just go in and out but yeah i like belichick's obviously had a good game plan he's he's been kind Smart. of opening he's been opening up with mac jones lately at the start of the year he was terrified of him he didn't yeah. want him to ever throw anything yeah. and he's been opening up but then he was like this week oh, i don't think that's a good idea so, yeah. what was well, it? it wasn't even so much i don't know if it was like and when i say this i realize i'm questioning belichick and so i'm totally wrong with what i'm about to say <laughs> but things went so right for him in that very early part you said like with like a hair yes. touchdown and stuff like that we're just like in buffalo and their defense was playing so good and it has been playing so good for a while now that there was just absolutely no need for Belichick to ever take any sort of chance in those crazy win conditions and toss in the yeah. ball. His team never kind of never lost momentum. Kind of it was kind of their game the entire time. So like nobody yeah, on before. Buffalo could catch the football. John <laughs> no. Allen was actually playing pretty good. He was putting it on. Them, but I thought so too. Yeah, like Don he's Allen. one of the better quarterbacks you'd want in a in a win game because he's well, got yeah. a cannon. And he's been playing in Buffalo, which is known for it. So, yeah, right. A couple of years now, too. So, he's adapted, you know, it's kind of like probably like Aaron Rodgers probably has that same kind of you know, mindset or yeah. yeah, abilities with them. Yeah. The, the problem is when Allen is your leading rusher, that's not going to cut it in that type of a game. Like, you, you just can't have that. Like, the Bears, or sorry, the Bears, um, the Patriots ran the ball 46 times for 222 yards. Allen, had the most yards rushing for the Bills at 39. Yeah, they he just, just, yeah, just can't. Yeah, they the Bills, Even though they're playing Buffalo, they're not built for that kind of game. They, nope. They, they're built for throw, throw, yeah. throwing. With, yeah, throw, they're running throw, game. Throw, throw. Yeah, running it. <laughs> run is, there's a couple teams built like that in the NFL. Like Rams are kind of like that too, where yeah. it's just a, very much a throw first mentality. And Buffalo yeah. is one of those where. The running game is basically just there to supplement the passing game. Which is and crazy to me because you're living in Buffalo, Buffalo, those conditions in the wintertime, 
this is this is where you need a back but, that you can throw at somebody. They don't times. even have the personnel now. I know. Like, but yeah, it's in, they. It's interesting because this year, like, when the Bears were known when Lovey Smith was their coach, run the f- known for running and for on defense they're known for cover too. So yeah. you you play back. You do not allow the big play. You allow the underneath stuff, and then you make them drive the field and hope that they get a touchdown or hope that they turn the ball over at some yeah. point before getting a touchdown. And then, like, that – then offense has started figuring that out, and then, like, people like Tom Brady would just throw underneath and, like, just <laughs> destroy Even them. Up, yeah. Yeah, so that defense went out of fashion, and now this year people have figured out that – they should bring that defense back on teams like just say, on teams yeah. like Buffalo and the Rams. That's why you see these teams kind of struggling and like yeah. in Kansas City because now they don't know how they forgot how to run. So now yeah, all they can do is, is there's bomb a it. Ton, there's like and it's not and like you're saying like not just those teams like you're seeing a lot of cover two and especially a lot yeah. of cover two and they like to send one at the quarterback too. Yeah. So it just creates this very very. Right. I'm supposed to pass it deep, but there's coverage out there, but I don't have time to think either. So it's just, yeah. it's wrecked havoc on a few of these. Like the Rams had a bad hard time, especially Rams. I think Robert Woods leaving their lineup too at kind of at that same time really hurt that team too. Yeah. He opened sure. up so much of the field for the other guys there. So the Chiefs but, have adjusted as the season's gone on. They've, they've ripped mm-hmm. off what, six games now? They're so, starting to look like, no, not six, no. but yeah. Yeah, but I think some, they're slowly looking better. They're coming back to where they were. Like there was that part six, eight games in the season where they just mm. were absolutely putrid on the field. Like they were, yep. yeah. they were falling out of everyone's power rank, top ten power rankings, and rightfully so. Like they were, they were on that much of a slide. There's just no other way you could put it. But it's it's back. Like they won't. Uh, they'll be a force come playoff time. I'm not, I I'm think. Not. Yeah. I see. I think now they are sitting tops in the AFC, if I'm not mistaken, which is impressive, considering where they were. Right? Like, oh, they're they're. I guess New England winning puts them tops. New England would definitely, yeah, by half a game. But uh, yeah, the Chiefs have won five straight, and they're eight and four now. So they're they really <laughs> Yeah, they're they're they've been good because it's been it's been a struggle there, but uh, yeah. Sometimes when, like, I get so wrapped up in the fantasy, and especially with the DFS, you're, like, so focused on the right plays and getting the ownership right and stuff and, like, who's playing well, obviously. But then you, like, you totally – sometimes I don't even know who won the game. I couldn't watch a full game, and then you could, like, ask me 10 minutes later. <laughs> and I could tell you, like, who got what, like, fantasy points and yardage, and I then not tell you who won the game. <laughs> Which is really – yeah, I was really surprised the Chiefs won that many games in a row. Ooh. I got some hot news. We'll have to tap into this in a little bit. Oh, my God. It's Arizona Coyotes related. Yes, yeah, Just popped up. No, I've uh, seen that about an hour ago. Okay, so yeah. before we get to hockey, um, Bears-Packers, that's happening this weekend. Fields is returning to the actual field. Mike, as a Bears fan, how do you feel? Uh, about Aaron Rodgers' comments the other week <laughs> when he said he owned the Bears. Uh, it's pretty much it, everything else he's said in the last this entire season has <clears throat> been 
some form of a lie or bullshit, but that unfortunately <laughs> is true. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. Everything he said about the real world and all his horseshit about wokeness and blaming wokeness <laughs> for his bullshit. It's all been crap, but that is true. <laughs> do you, do you am, like it? Do you like it as a bear sign? No, I don't. <laughs> as a bear sign, do you like it? That's the thing. I've always like. I've always been o- over the field and how good Aaron Rodgers is on the field. Like, and I've always hated him as a guy way before this COVID stuff. Yeah, this so it's is just yeah, the whole it. the whole thing's very frustrating. <laughs> See, I'm, here's I'm, the thing. I'm excited for Justin Fields' future, though. I am too. And here's the thing: like when you talk about Rodgers, yes. As a Bear fan, I fucking hate him. Respect his talent, hate his guts as a human being. But I like this because, for me, that's where I want my team to be. I want, in 10 years, Justin Fields to say I own the Packers and and the fans and all that. So I can laugh about this, hoping that at some point in the future, in my lifetime, the Chicago Bears – will be a better team than the, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I, like, Kevin, you laugh. Fuck you. I have hope for the future. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I do. Because it's not like... We'll see. It, it, every, like, loser franchise is a loser franchise till they're not. It's like New England, Seattle, Tampa. And when they... they yeah. Yeah. When they become that winning franchise, goddamn, everybody hates them because they're so good. <laughs> Maybe even the Bengals, you know, possible. Maybe we'll see about them. Yeah, they've been good. Uh, okay, let's. You guys have anything else you want to talk about NFL wise? No, that's okay. I'm gonna win the uh, Millionaire Maker on Sunday. Are you? Yeah. Are we going? <laughs> are you, where are we going? Uh, wherever you guys want. I actually, I actually was watching a, a wow. strategy show last week, and the pro on it said that even if you were like really good at draftings and he had a big edge on the field, you'd to like there's so much variance in that contest. You'd have to live three lifetimes playing it every single Sunday before you got lucky enough to actually win. It. Oh like my God. on average, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Mike's Mike's planning for a big weekend then. Yeah, I like it. Confidence, Mike. You gotta have it up. You gotta have some confidence, buddy. Hockey, holy boats! There was uh, some some shit with hockey last week. We talked about how Montreal cleaned house. Vancouver did the exact same thing this week. Fired everybody. Brought brought in Bruce Boudreau, and it took exactly awesome. Yeah, awesome hire. Took took exactly one, one conference or one uh, one press conference for him to drop an f bomb. That was awesome, <laughs> and he's uh, and he's already talking wrestling to Jackie Redmond too. So oh, was he's he? All good. Was he? Well, he's, <laughs> he's, that's why he's one of my favorite coaches. He is a known huge like he's known to be a huge wrestling fan. So <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So who he does he, he like? Who does he that? like? Who does uh, he like? Kevin Owens is his is his oh, guy. Nice. Yeah. So like so like good last case. night he was doing his post game with uh, NHL.com, right? And Jackie Redmond works there, and she also works for WWE now. Right. So they're doing their interview and like he cuts her off in the interview and asks her for results from Raw last night. He's like, uh, who, he's like who won the cage match between Seth Rollins and, or between Big E and KO? And <laughs> that's what that's what he was more concerned with than anything. That's, that's incredible. 
Kevin Owens doesn't like sports at all. He wouldn't. I mean, maybe he knows <laughs> who he is now, but otherwise, he would have no idea who sport Boudreaux is. He would still probably think it's cruel, though, that the coach of a professional oh, team is sure. more worried about him than what the reason about his professional team. Yeah, team yeah, yeah, on, yeah. The, on his first night on the job. For sure. God, that's yeah. great. Uh, Philly fires Alain Vigneault after eight-game losing streak. They've been struggling. Uh, Alan Vigneault jumped to the top of the Montreal Canadiens higher list now. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> no, he's not. Get out of here. He won't. But that'd be really funny. Um. Here's here's this is the big thing that I think we'll kind of continue about for a little bit. Robin Lehner says he's not going to the games in China, and it's a mental health thing for him. But I think it's more than that. Also, I think there is that that COVID risk. What what does the rest of the league do with this now? Are more players going to follow suit, or is there going to be pressure? I guess from the PA, because they signed the agreement to send players over with the with the league to go to the Olympic Games. Are we going to see more players dropping out now with Laner kind of being that first domino to fall? Well, don't don't kid yourself if you think that they're going for sure yet at, mm. as, at all. I agree. The NHL and the PA have till January 10th to pull out without any penalty. So there'll be another decision coming up. And the big one right now is the players need to know or want to know is if they get COVID while in China, do they as NHL players have to abide by the three weeks of quarantine in China? Yeah. Or do they have, or can they find a way to get themselves back home and do the quarantine on home soil? Because I don't know about you, but three weeks professional athlete from North America. There's no way I want to be quarantined in China for three Mm-mm. weeks. Mm-mm. I agree. No, anywhere. Like, <laughs> wouldn't matter where it was, to be honest. Like, I think it's crazy to go right now. I agree. Here's the thing. Three weeks anywhere is going to disrupt your schedule one way or the other. Because the NHL takes a two-week break for the Olympics. Players get in, they play, they get out. Essentially, they might be there for closing ceremonies. Then they're back and they're playing like two days later. What's what's that? Like, do they do they have to quarantine from coming back or like what's the NHL's process for doing this? Are is it based off of? Yes. OK, you've got your 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 back shot. You're good to go. No no tests or not no tests, but we'll I have no idea what the back. NHL's rules are on the yeah. back end of when the player would return. You would All think... I know is the agreements between the, the NHL, PA, NHL, and the Olympic Committee, and this is all athletes. This isn't just mm-hmm. hockey. If you get COVID while you're in China for the Olympics as an athlete, you have to quarantine there for three weeks. That's after a... you've after That's you, after your last failed test. Yeah, that's so, insane. So, here's the you other could, thing. You could be you gone for two weeks and, back. You could fail a test two weeks after your first failed test, and all of a sudden you're stuck for another three weeks. Yeah. 
that's why I say, if you're like Connor McDavid, would you want to be stuck there trusting that the Chinese are going to be actually like taking care of your COVID <laughs> tests and making sure that they don't always keep continuously coming back positive and all of a sudden Connor McDavid is being held as a COVID hostage in China <laughs> that, by her own doing this. <laughs> that, that's a bit of a leap. They don't target popular people. <laughs> well, that's not true though. They had their own. They had their own top female tennis player just recently had her like in this controversy where yeah, well, she, she, she kind of thought she, she disappeared, defected, and thought she had, that they had killed her. Like that's because she called out one of the government officials for sexual assault. <laughs> Connor McDavid ain't saying nothing about it. <laughs> you know what though? Like it's interesting that you say that with everything that's going on with this boycott, could China do something dirty like that in response? Would you put it past them? Uh I, I wouldn't put anything past the Chinese government. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's cool. I there I I'm not saying they're doing it out of their kindness of their hearts, they wouldn't do it. It's just would be done. So yeah, yeah, it would be. Uh moving on to actual hockey. Jets versus Leafs the other day, an absolute travesty in the roughing department. Let's get let's get into player player supplemental discipline. <laughs> so you guys saw, I'm sure you guys have seen the hit. Pionk, his knee on knee. Is it as bad as a two-game suspension? I don't have a problem with it. A two-game isn't like... uh, It's not crazy. It's not a big suspension in today's day and age. Okay. So, Pionk... It's it's suspendable. I really don't think it's... It's debatable. Like, I think it's a suspendable knee. The debatable part is Pionk gets two games for his knee on knee. Um, Who's the player that... Oh, who was it? Shifley got knee on need by Cole of Carolina. A five thousand dollar fine. Doesn't get the he doesn't get Cole doesn't get suspended for his knee on knee on Shifley. Which I, I haven't thought, seen or read the NHL's breakdown of the Cole one. Okay, but to me, the Cole one doesn't have as much of a Cole looks like he's. Yeah, Cole looks like he's just kind of staying on his path and doesn't make much effort to get out of the way on it. Okay. Whereas Pionk definitely has that. I'm my leg is against. I'm sticking my leg out a bit, kind of stretching for the guy. So then, Probably why the why give a five thousand dollar fine? Just because it's his job to to get out of the way. Like he is not. Okay. He's supposed to try to evade that hit, and he probably they probably said he tried to make no effort to avoid it, even though he didn't. Okay. Potentially go out of his way to do it. That'd be my guess. But I, like I said, I haven't seen the the release on that yet. Okay. Was there any history factors? No, I like, don't think so. Okay. I think it was just a. I I thought it was more of um a, a Shifley trying to avoid the hit, and just happened to put him himself into a position where his knee matched up against Cole's, and it just blew him up. That's all. That's how I looked at it. But I was told I was insane. For thinking that Spets is lucky that he only got six games for his knee pad of doom to Pionk's head. That seems about right to you for based on I, what the NHL does. I guess. But they're like Leaf fans. I'm, su- are I'm surprised. I'm surprised it's that many, quite honestly. Yeah. Because Just based Spets on the NHL's behavior and how they do and how I, they I spend agree. players, I would 
I thought he might. I thought he might get two or three games for it. I didn't think. So. I was kind of shocked that he got six. Actually, here's okay. Now here's my thought process on this. Spets is. I don't know if Spets has ever been suspended before. I don't think he. Yeah, has. he has. But he, he has. Is. He's not what you would consider a repeat repeat offender. He's he's got a twenty year career. You play twenty years in NHL, you're going to find trouble every now and then. It's just yes. um, it's nature of the game. Now, I would I would look at him and what he did as a. You're a 20-year vet of this league. You should know better. Like, that was a clear, I'm targeting this dude's head. This is in retribution for the knee on knee that he threw earlier in the game. And I'm going to use my knee pad to make an example out of him. So, while I agree I'm surprised that he got six, I'm I'm still slightly shocked that it was only six. Like it could have been to me, it could have been so much more just for the nature of what you're doing. Like that play is the definition of not a hockey play. Get that out of the game now. Don't let that be a thing. And you're going to get a lot of fans sitting there saying the refs let this stuff happen by not making calls because I don't think Pionk got called on his knee on knee. And I'm pretty sure Spezza didn't get a penalty either which is just insane. So where does this mentality for refs to just not call penalties, let the boys play? Where is it coming from? Is it a culture that's been bred in NHL refereeing for decades? Or like, how does it, we always hear at the beginning of the year, the NHL is going to tighten up on these types of things. They're going to tighten up on this and we don't want this to be a part of the game. So we'll tighten up on this. And then here we are, 24, 25 games into the season, and it's a free-for-all in a game between the Jets and the Leafs who only see each other twice a season. That happens. That's how I'd view it. Yeah? I don't think I don't think NHL fishing has been any more egregious this year than it has been any other time any nope. time during history. I would agree. Or I just any... think I think NHL refing is just shits to begin with, but it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's easy to cherry pick a game that got away from the refs and say, look how bad they are, look how horrible they are. But I think it's it's been status quo from what I've used to seeing from years and years and years past. It's yeah, but that's like, not a good thing either. <laughs> Mike, what are you? What were you going to say? Oh, uh, well, I was just going to say, like, I don't know. The refs are. <laughs> I think it would be more more likely it's incompetence than they have some mentality about let the boys play. I think sometimes they just. But things happen quickly and they can't comprehend how bad of a thing like a hit is now, in the moment. I don't, more so than like, well, let's just let them kill each a, other. Okay, that's an interesting take. Now, if that's the case, is that a problem? Does that need to be addressed? We need to make sure that our refs understand what what can and can't be done <laughs> yeah, on the refs stuff, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, it, it starts at the grassroots grassroots levels, right? Like you have to when you, when you certify to become a, a referee, here's what is expected of you. If we don't get yeah. that out of you, you're no longer certified. I don't know much about works, what, though. what. Yeah, so I don't know much. That, like that is like it, we you can we can throw all the ideas out there, but the NHL's always worked under the uh, under the premise of here's our NHL rule book. Mm-hmm. We give Follow it to all our it officials, and it is a guideline for the officials to call a game. It is not an actual rule book. That's how they call it. it I know. I agree. It, it, it's it, it, there's so much left up to refs' discretion based on how the games are played and stuff like along those lines that 
yeah, it's 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 why the NHL doesn't have more automatic things that are penalties in their league, right? Because they want the refs to be able to control that narrative a little bit of the game, right? Like where they don't want it get out of hand where a team has nine penalties versus one to the other. Like they they don't like seeing that, right? Which is silly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. That's the dumbest idea. If if you are if you are committing penalties in the game, fucking deal with it. Don't commit penalties in the game. Or get called on it and get punished by having to defend for nine power plays. Like I I don't understand that mentality of we can't have one team have way more than the other. That's crazy to me. And in playing hockey as a kid, I don't know. Like, and I agree. That's exactly the way that it is called. Here's a makeup call for something that happened. Like, but why? What do, what, do, what do we need makeup calls for? Like, it's not – referees aren't there for fair play. They're there to referee the game as it is called through the rule book. Like, if I, if I sit there and I hook a guy and you call me for a penalty, yes, I may bitch and complain about it because I'm a player and I don't want to be in the penalty box, but call me on it and, and vice versa. See, if I'm getting hooked – view it almost exact opposite of what you're saying though right like yeah they view everything as a decision right if a guy wraps his stick around a guy for a split second was that hooking or was that not hooking well that's the decision i have to make that affects this game if a guy high sticks a guy gets a stick up and it just makes the guy well was that high sticking or was that not high sticking i have to make that decision which affects this game and then the ref's mind they want the two teams to decide the game, not them. So they want to make as few decisions in the game as they possibly have to. That's- okay. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. That is the mentality. Now, is that the right one to have? Do you, do you think as a hockey fan, are you okay with having that as the mentality of our referees? You Like, do you personally? Yes and no. I wouldn't want to say hockey called where, like, it is called to the letter of the T on every single infraction because then every 10 seconds, the referee would be putting their hand up, calling a penalty for something on the ice and the game would absolutely suck. Okay. I have a question I guess for that The players adapt, would adapt, but I'm sorry. Like if they actually called it by how the book is like every time a player stick comes up around his waist, it would be hooking. Like, here's the thing you mentioned the players would adjust. And to me, that's the part of the game that is important. I think a big problem is that players have no idea what a penalty is because referee A is calling it this way. Referee B calls it this way. When referee A and B and C and D and E and F they should be calling it the same way so that it's consistent. I don't want to see human element out of a referee. That's not why you're there. The human element is the game, is the players on the ice, not the refs. Fuck that. There should yeah, be no ego out of the refs. I think for the most part, the players would rather try to figure out the officiating and what they're getting on any given night. Ooh, I disagree. I think the players want to know to exactly know. what's going to be called so that they can play the game. I don't think that many players would take that trade if they knew that 
every single thing that was in the book was going to get called. It would pretty much mean that your stick can never touch a player. Well, not necessarily. Pretty close. Well, pretty you close. shouldn't be slashing name, a guy name, in the hands name anyway. Instance, give me an instance where your stick would be able, if they're calling the game 100% by the rule of the book, give me an instance where you could have your stick on another player on the opposing team without a penalty being called. Yeah, but I like I don't know. Just from my experience playing hockey, I never had my stick on other players. Like, why would I need to do that? I don't know. Your stick never touches another player when you're on the ice. If it did, I was called for a slash, or I was called for a hook, or a cross check. Like I, I don't know. Every every time you you go, every time, every time you come into the corner and your loose hand touches loose arm goes gets a guy. You're getting called for holding every time. Everything. If happens, I'm holding, like, yeah, I if guarantee I'm holding that. Guy, sure. I guarantee if the players had that option, the players would not want the game to be called to the letter of the T of the book. Guarantee that. Okay, so when you go into the boards and you've got you've got your stick players on the side, know, and you're trying to players fight this want way. to know that they're going to be protected by the officials and not allow a player to drive them into the ice. Like, yeah, but I don't first. think they are. I don't think they are protected but by the officials. The players do not want all the nicky knack little minor infractions called in the game. I guarantee. I know. I guarantee that. And most fans wouldn't want to see that either. I don't know. I I I disagree. I would think you be I, Would you be happy watching hockey and have thirty penalties in it? No, I wouldn't. Now, that's what you would. That's what you would get. Uh, yes, I think initially you would get that. You're right. Until players were like, "Okay, I can't do this. I'm going to get called on a penalty if I do this." And then they stop doing it, and then the thirty penalties goes down to twenty, and then it goes down to fifteen, and then it and goes the other, down to ten. And then the other thing that what that would lead to is a all more physical, crisp. All physicality would be gone from the game at that point too. Why? All. Why? It's already hard enough to call, throw a clean body check in the NHL right now without being called without things being called on it. If you're calling it by the rule by the book, imagine if they called everything. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if I agree you with that. you have like a you have like a range of like two foot. You can hit a guy from the shoulders to the waist, and you have to hit him with your shoulder. You can't hit him with your elbow. Like you, you, you really want them pulling that game that tightly? Like I just I don't buy that. I okay, so like, let's. That moves me on to my next thing. Jujar Kari got absolutely lit up by Jacob Truba. Was that a cleaner? Was that a dirty hit? Totally clean. Was it clean? <laughs> there was nothing wrong. The only, I disagree. The only, I thought it was the dirty. Only thing, the only thing that puts Truba in any sort of question on that is the fact that Truba is like five inches taller than Kara. That's the only that's the only reason that that becomes even slightly that his shoulders in near the head region. Truba did not the history of his feet are on the ice. Truba just skates in four feet from the blue line and just lays him out. There's nothing. I don't know what you got. I don't know what you can say dirty about that. Okay. One. I'll give you the, he's five inches taller and his size just plays a role into that. Watching. I, we watched it this morning. We were debating this at work. I thought it looked dirty. Not, not egregiously dirty, but I thought Truba led in like this coming with his elbow to make the hit. And this part, nobody sees this. My elbow part caught um, Kari in the head, which is why his head bounces back and he flies back and smashes his head on the ice. Here's two concussions for the price of one. That's the, that's the extent of dirty 
on it. I don't, I wouldn't call it a dirty hit. Maybe I'm using the wrong word there. It's an illegal hit, in my opinion. And I just, I guess I just didn't see much of that, that elbow that you're referring to in it. I just thought it was a pretty much a clean stand him up hockey check for. Truba just took a few steps in from the blue line. And yeah, he knew, he wasn't totally charging. Head down There's no just, charging. Yeah, but no. as but if you watch the replay, his head's coming up at that point. Yeah, he's coming up because he just realizes last split second that my dead. head's down and I'm about to get absolutely annihilated because my head was down. But is that okay? So is this um, is this a case of almost predatory hit? Knowing that you're seeing a player come up there and he's got his head down because his head's down, not because I'm admiring the pass that i just received the puck was in between his feet no he was, right? he was trying to find the puck yeah for sure so like people are all like well you gotta have your head up i'm like how do you have your head up in that play like he's he's trying to find the puck that is in his skates that's every single nhl player that is it's in that just, position that's, that's happening to me that hits just nature of the beast it it falls okay. it, that the play falls as much on the player who gave car the pass than anything right he, I can, he, yeah he, that's like the quarterback leaving leading his wide wide receiver a bit astray and like leading him right into that big hit in the middle of an yep. open field. Like you, when you're making those passes, those passes have to be crisp and on the stick, not in the guy's feet, right? We have to be down looking for it. I can respect that that viewpoint. And I can also respect you saying that Truba's like six feet taller than Kari uh, is because he's super short. It was short. scary as all can be. Like, it was, well, like, he was dead. terrifying incident. Like, it was his eyes were never, literally in the back of his It's head. never good when the guys go down and his limbs are still pointing in an upward direction. That's never a good thing. Like, no, it's not. It's a sign of something bad's happening. So it was really scary. But he didn't come in like Judas elbow style. No, 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 he didn't. He didn't. No. Um, thoughts on the Zegras? Pretty creative. <laughs> Do you like? Is it is it overrated? Okay, is it is it an exceptional play? Overrated play? No, it's pretty exceptional. Okay, those two those two players had the, the uh, who was the goal scorer? It was. Uh, uh, I don't know actually. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw the pass. Race. I was like, wow. Um, they clearly We've seen it before, sorta. Oh yeah, for sure. It's They've got to do that in practice. There's it was clear it is clear as day. Like it wasn't like this shot, like the guy he was waiting for it, right? Like yeah. it was um I wonder if we see the day where I I, I don't want to see it happening, but I think we're gonna see the day where they, they ban those safety moves. They're gonna like create like a basket yeah. penalty or something where you're basketing yes. the, the puck or something like that, where you're not allowed to pick the puck up with your stick like that. i I can see it happening. Like goalies are just gonna complain and complain and complain more about it until Stop it's it. something to it, yeah. Stop it. Just stop it. Like, uh, I, I, I don't doubt what you're saying is true. But can we not get rid of the creativity? Because that was a fun play to see. I, I looked at it as a little bit overrated in the way that they were. Like, everybody was sitting there going, that's the goal of the year, the goal of the year. I'm like, mm. It could be. It's, there's a lot of luck involved in that goal. So, to me, that's why it's not a goal to of the me, year. To me, we the, just we just uh, we just said that it definitely was something that they've worked on in practice. So yeah. when they've if you've worked in practice on something, I don't know if luck plays much of a factor into okay, the equation that's there. Fair. Like if you look at it that way, the vast majority of goals are are a lot a of luck. luck. Well, yeah. yeah, Connor Connor McDavid walking through four players. Yeah, like yeah, those ones maybe not, but like basically any slap shot is is a uh, 
luck plays a big factor. It's just about like how many quality ones can you put on? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about when it comes to the game of hockey? No, it's uh, it's uh, it's, it's, it's moving. It's definitely moving season though. There's been a lot of firings and hirings going on right now, so it's kind of interesting. Always keeping up with the mis- I guess they're at that time. Eight teams are at there. 20, 25 game marks. So that's usually the coach and GM evaluation part of the season. And then the, the players are evaluated over the next 25 point, you know, to the trade deadline kind of. So can we, uh, can we talk about the worst teams in the league? And how much the Montreal is uh, the, they're, they're listed right now as the second worst team in the league, 15 points in 27 games. Arizona's got 12 points, but they've played 25, so they could theoretically jump Montreal. Um, and speaking of the Arizona Coyotes, <laughs> I love this. This makes this just makes me smile. The Coyotes, Mike, you'll like this too, I think. <laughs> the Coyotes are facing a December 20th lockout from Gila or, uh, River Arena over unpaid taxes, fees, <laughs> and more. <laughs> Wow, that's under idea. <laughs> so they take all that those subsidies and all that shit, and now they're not paying the taxes. Like, okay, so is here what, it is. Is that what it is? The nice. city of the city of Glendale is owed approximately a quarter of a million dollars in unpaid taxes per a letter from city manager to the CEO of the team, uh, President Xavier uh, Xavier Guterres. Like. <sighs> It's a, it's a headline, but it's a quarter million dollars. The, the Phoenix Coyotes finding a quarter million dollars is like me finding a twenty dollar bill in the dryer. It's uh, that happens to you. <laughs> like what? You find twenty dollar bills in your dryer? <laughs> no, not. Yeah, not like, hook really, me actually, up. But, but yeah, it's more uh, you know just you know what yeah. I'm saying. Like that's like that's even for a franchise as shitty as and poorly run as the Coyotes, they, they'll be able to find a quarter million dollars somewhere. So it's just we, more symbolically funny that, yeah, absolutely. that <laughs> yes. in any way they're like cheating on that. After how much <laughs> so, they've taken from the community. <laughs> Arizona it's has just, been... It's has, just more evidence. It's just more evidence in my, my opinion that the NHL doesn't want to see Phoenix leave Phoenix right? or Arizona, right? Like... No. Yeah, they let him get away with this crap. Like there's a like, they like Arizona in the league because it helps keep costs down in the across the rest of the league, right? Well, yeah. no, that's not the biggest reason is TV deals. Obviously, Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix is one of the biggest. City. Yeah. yeah, it's one of the biggest cities in the country, and also the TV deal there is humongous. That's a lot of money that the owners don't want to lose out on. However, there's the report that Houston was up and like uh apparently going to be maybe sold to the coyotes were maybe going to be sold to houston which would have been interesting (laughs) what's that even bigger city yeah exactly so that's huge and then the coyotes of course came out and denied it because of course well it was denied by the other side too because who was it that was who was I, it I just was, saw the report. I didn't see who did the report. Though. Who was the figure that they caught snooping around or who's uh, oh. is one somebody was in Houston and people were con- trying to connect dots and 
Wow. And yeah, no, it's all been denied. But I mean, Houston would probably make sense as far as like somewhere you could put a team. But they they'll never they're not moving that team. Like if if Arizona was going to be moved, they would have been moved long ago. Is it a case of the NHL wanting to make sure? Like I I think this is dumb, but is it a case of maybe the NHL making sure that they have that team still in that conference because? Obviously, Quebec nah. is the name that comes up when it comes to possible relocation slash expansion. But I view expansion not on the table anytime soon for the NHL. 32 teams. What like why would you add more teams to your league? <laughs> money. I, I know. I know money that's, is the ideal thing. That's as simple as that. Like they don't they don't the care. Only What's the NFL? What's the 32? NFL saying? It is 32. Yeah. And the NBA, I think, is it might be close to 32 too. In the past, what we, how long has it been? When did Vegas come in? Four years ago. So say past five years, how many years has the salary cap gone up? And those are the those two years were the two years where the Kraken and the Vegas paid their expansion fees to the league. Yeah, yeah. and the expansion or in the in the so that tells you what you need to know increase- about the NHL. But the, the increase NHL in the salary is, cap is minuscule. No, the and it, yeah, but those are the only years where it went up. So yeah. even if it's minuscule that's going up, that tells you what you need to know about the NHL and its financial financial position is garbage. It's yeah, it is uh, stable at best. I guess would be a way of putting it. They're, stable at best because of the top teams that bring in just under a billion dollars. But there, I still stand by it. There's enough teams that are lower revenue teams in the league that they like having the poor team Phoenix in there because Phoenix will always help keep the salary cap down in the league. Yeah. So stupid. It is that the way to do it? In your opinion? What? Just have a having having there and just like, having no, having your salary cap that low. Like we've we've seen the salaries of other leagues, basketball, football, baseball, just skyrocket, right? Like, I think every other league, but all somebody making $40 million. Major revenue, revenue sources. NHL doesn't. No, no, NHL, I know that. They're, they're getting by, but I don't think they're getting rich. Like, it's, you can't, <laughs> you can't compare them to the, to the other three major sports. That's for sure. When you're talking dollars and cents, like, it's just not even comparable. So, but, wh- but why is that? Like, what, what is going on in the NHL that isn't going on in the other three sports? Is it really because hockey is a, I don't know, a northern state slash Canadian sport? It just yeah. suits better? Yeah. Well, it's or, just way more Canadian, even more so than it's northern states. But, or is it because it's the worst run league in professional sports? No. And it's also the no. worst, it's also the worst um, advertised Hockey. league. No. Hockey's Hockey, just right? not very popular in America. Yeah. Hockey's a way more exciting game than baseball is, but way more people would rather watch a baseball game than a hockey game. And that's because so what does that tell going, you? Well, it tells you that NHL is very much uh, a niche sport. Niche, wow. Where they segregate themselves from a lot of different fan bases based on the position that they're in or what, you know, a okay. lot of different things. So you, let me throw this at fan you. base in a lot of ways. Very, you know, which hurts the viewership very much. Let me let me throw this at you. Is is this a factor? You look at basketball, baseball, and football as 
playable sports, affordable sports to get out and play. Hockey by far is a rich person sport, right? Like any kid can pick up a basketball, throw on some shoes, go to a court and play basketball, grab a baseball mitt and a bat and a ball and go play out in a field somewhere or football, grab a football and some cleats, throw on a helmet and go play. Like hockey. It's part of it. Hockey's uh, hockey. Uh, and this has always been a problem with hockey. They're, they have it, it. There's zero personality in the league. Well, that too. Like, how many how many players come by and like become superstars in the league based off personality more than what's on the ice? One. How few? I can I can think of one. PK Subban. There's a few examples, but they're few and far between. Who else would you throw into that category? Who could like put their name up into like a superstar level? Like Sean Avery did. Like, I know. I think Sean Avery was a, Sean Avery, was the villain of villains. Sean Avery was on the cover of GQ like once a year. Like he was that when he was in the NHL. Like Sean, okay, you can say what you want, but no, you're was, right. I, I would agree. Personality to get whether it was controversial, his personality be like a Dennis Rodman kind of guy. Yeah, but there's very few and far. Like try to think of super even your top superstars: Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky. You go through the history of hockey. Those they're all cut from the exact same cloth of we read the we read the same twelve lines that come out of the hockey players playbook that you get given at the beginning of the year. And unlike the <laughs> officials who just use theirs as a guideline, we actually follow these twelve rules and say actually that's not in that book. Yeah. yeah, that can apply to pretty much any sport. To be fair, but I wouldn't say so. Mm. Like hockey is way more like that than other sports. There's there's, always, heard there's way more Jordan personality. Or- there's Michael Jordan doesn't say anything. LeBron doesn't say anything. I just mean from a like, uh, like we're not going to ruffle feathers type perspective. Oh, but okay, like, so very neutral. But it's not even very, ruffling feathers. Like, it's like with Michael Jordan when Michael Jordan would uh, would go on the court and put forty five down on the Jazz. He would let you know afterwards that he put down forty five against the Jazz. Like yes. he wasn't be. He wasn't yes. in the NHL. Connor McDavid is doing. I just scored the scores most five gorgeous goals. Goal. He's like. Well, I had such yeah. gracious passes from my teammates and, you know, like they all played so hard for me. And it's like, I, I have no problem with a player, you know, tooting his own horn. Five stuff goal, like that. I you know, like five I'd rather goal. see that. Right. You know, like Patrick, yeah. it's just that, it's like I said, it's just that cut and dry play. You know, we're, we're played hockey players or whatever it is. It's like, I just garbage zero personality. And I think that's always been a problem with the league and trying to grow it is that they don't, they don't grow stars very often. Now, where does that stem from? Because I think this is an interesting conversation to have. Is this a league thing where it's the culture of the game and that's how people are brought up? I know, like, uh, on my radio show, we bring in our MJHL players every day, every week, once a week, and we get to know the players. And it is pretty generic. It's it's tough to kind of get them to open up and talk about stuff. But I this, th- that's the problem. Like, it's it's this has been bred into them from day one. So how do you fix that? You won't. Is it a league thing where the NHL has got to go, okay, guys, you know what? Have some personality here. Like, smile. Hey, watch how P.K. Subban does an interview. Talk like him. No, it will will take more players who are just willing to take that risk on their own who are just end up becoming stars. And if more and more of them do it, that's then crazy. I, I agree with you. More than norm, but it's players. Oh, 
man. Players on that high of level don't are never willing to take that leap, right? Like it's just nature would, of the beast. A lot of that would be their their agents, I assume, too, being like, yo, yeah. <laughs> like just act this way, I'll get you this much money. The other thing that's clear too is hockey, like it's easy to have personality when you're a basketball player or when you're baseball player, not so much football, but hockey, your words can have repercussions on the ice the following night, right? So it's like you have to also watch that aspect, especially when being the only league where you're allowed to punch a guy in the face with your bare knuckles, right? So you don't want to trip <laughs> yeah. too much, you know, because you know that the receipts will come. So I think if that's why players aren't having a personality on the ice, then they're not looking at personality as something that can build their brand. And then that's the thing, right? Like there's brand is a bad word when it comes to the NHL. PK Subban being that guy who places nine times out of 10, nine times out of 10, when a player shows personality in our league, in the NHL, it's looked down on. Yes. Like it's shunned and it's like player, what's wrong with this guy? You know, like, I I don't know. It's it's dumb in it. But the the perfect example of that is Blake Wheeler. <laughs> like yeah. he'll like get salty in an interview once in a while and say something, and then he'll just get shit on. <laughs> like, okay, I think fuck do you I want? think in part two, hockey players <laughs> and hockey fans have a hard time accepting change and a lot of things too, right? Like yeah, hockey is so based on tradition that it's almost it hurts them, right? In a lot of Big ways, time. and like it's like for example. uh the jersey jerseys. Fucking People terrible. were heckling the all heckling those things to all be right. But it's like here's a struggling team that probably doesn't make a whole lot of coin. And they tried something new to throw a few extra bucks in their bank account. Like, don't don't cry to me about tradition, because like how many people are going out and buying a New Jersey devil jersey right now at this point outside of my buddy's <laughs> bought one for his daughter? Like that might have been the first was that the they jersey? sold all season. Was that the jersey? That no, it was. No, oh, okay, good. No. Good. What's See, what, Buddy's name? The actor? Maybe oh, uh, what's his face? Yeah. Um, oh, it's going to fuck me. Putty. I love Putty. Such a good actor. Actually, he's probably not. He plays the same character in everything he does. That's funny. Patrick Warburton. Warburton. He's gold. Yeah, he probably owns a, a New Jersey's jersey, devil jersey jersey. <laughs> See, here's the thing but, with that, though, because wouldn't you, if you have a, a, a personality that you can not, not exploit, but use to your advantage by getting endorsement deals and things like that? Like, how how often do we hear about players having endorsement all, deals? That stuff is all considered to be distraction. Oh, God. That, I, like, like, your P.K. Subban example is a great one. They're like, yeah, how much how much crap did he take for like doing PR stuff and doing stuff that was every not single time? Yeah. Like you got shit on at every. Yeah, that's essentially why you got traded. Was and, PK's being PK? He's not talking about the Montreal Canadiens. No, guess what? And PK's if you're gonna PK's gonna make a shitload of money playing NHL hockey for as long as he can, and then when he retires, he's gonna make five to ten times more money than he did by talking because he built his brand up while he played hockey. Like, yep. Yep. follow the blueprint, people. Absolutely, right. I agree. Yeah. And he did everything he could to be outspoken in the NHL and took a lot of shit for it. If you're Evander super- Kane's kind of similar to it too, but Evander yeah, Kane's a fucking Evander idiot. Kane. Yeah, he is an idiot. And if you're if you're like a superstar, 
you're going to get the endorsement deals anyway. You can be, look at Sidney Crosby, you guys, boring as a rock. You, <laughs> look at his endorsement. He gets endorsements like crazy. It doesn't matter. So they're but not really. Yeah, but his endorsements, that, his endorsements compared to other leagues is fucking beans. Well, that's just the league. That's uh, nothing to do with its personality. I it's just, just I, I don't know if that's I true. I don't know. Without looking at things, I wonder if Ovi wouldn't be the top. Yes. As far as endorsements and dollars they create, it's not saying that Sid has any problems with what he's mm-hmm. bringing in, but Ovi is really that one example that the NHL has of a guy who's been allowed to have his personality shine and get away with it. His commercial that he has, I think his wife is in it, where he's sitting on a couch and he's eating. It might be, oh, I should find that commercial. It is hilarious. Yeah. Him and him and oh, who is it? Backstrom. Is it Backstrom? And they're talking about like, yeah. uh, like, like they're in a relationship kind of, and his yeah. wife sitting there's like, Nick, why are you here? And he's like, because we're a team. <laughs> like it, that commercial is hilarious. I think people just think of Russians as generally crazy and like English yeah. is the second language. Yeah. So he gets away with a little more yeah. like personality. Yeah. Just a quick side note on Russians being crazy. I found out today that, or yesterday that, um, they tried domesticating and like using moose to like ride into battle at one point. In they tried, yeah, they tried like they tried literally like popping on moose and charging into battle. Oh my god! It's, it's kind of crazy, but imagine if it worked. Yeah, that mean yeah. moose are huge. Oh, that'd been scary. All of a sudden, yeah. feel the guy comes charging full bore on a moose. Like, get yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't end up working out because they're prey animals. They're prey animals, so they're not big fans of gunshots. So, <laughs> that, That's incredible. All right. Uh, what do you got for us wrestling-wise? We got no Brad. Let's talk wrestling. Big yeah, no Brad, card got... tonight? Um, I've seen the show already, but uh, I won't dwell anything for Mike. He's seen it, but um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting it's like this we're coming off like the lowest rated week of wrestling probably in quite in the past 20 years yeah. this past week like yeah all, all programs are way down for some reason and it's kind of yeah kinda i think like december generally is slower isn't it but yeah. it's there has been a kind of downward trajectory overall anyway yeah. so what's the what's the cause of this i think well i mean you can make there are definitely legit excuses for both companies having rated like gen- from now on, you're just going to have a downward trend of ratings for almost every form of entertainment because yeah, like holidays. Like, Christmas. Yeah. Like, no, just in like general people don't watch TV as much. It's viewed different ways and like consumed different ways. Like their the ratings will never be, up to five or six or whatever they were in the attitude era, partially just because of the entertainment environment now. Okay. So is this a thing where like, we look at the difference We like us as a three, we talk about AEW, WWE all the time in our group chat. Obviously the WWE is a completely different brand when it comes to wrestling as opposed to AEW. AEW is looking for that 18 plus crowd. WWE is the PG family friendly crowd. Um, 
I haven't watched a whole lot of WWE in quite a while. Where, where like Kev, for for you as a big WWE guy, is that the smart road for for them to run, or should they start looking at that eighteen plus demographic? Because obviously, know. I think obviously the I, kids' money is the important thing, right? Like building up base, which has worked for so long. Here's the thing. It's like I hear this talk of that makes the big difference to the advertisers in the States, and I'm sure that demographic does. But from what I understand, like, and we're in Canada, so we see Canadian commercials, but people say that the advertising seems like exactly the same. They say it's like, this is not like that you're seeing like smaller brands or, you know, smaller companies advertising on Raw versus what you're seeing on on. On, T- on TNT with AEW. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe they're getting paid more to run the ads, but... I don't, yeah, that's I, interesting. I don't yeah, know. I don't, I, know. I, I don't get too concerned about... I find the numbers interesting as a whole. The demographics a little bit interesting, but I don't know. If I'm at an arena, I'd rather be in a full arena than in an arena that's half full with the key demographic, I guess is how I view it, so... Yeah, I'd I'd rather see the overall numbers, but as just a fan, but I guess the the advertisers is definitely that key demo that they care about. Listen, assuming assuming AEW keeps their like, you know, eight hundred to one point one million audience and keeps doing super well in the demographic, I'm I'm interested to see how much of like they're up when they get their next TV deal, how much it is compared to what the raw deal. Like oh, yeah. compared to what like a raw deal would be, just because they got way less obviously on their first deal because they should like their unknown quantity WWE's. Like, but here's a question: like with so, with with the ratings being where they're at at this point, though, like Raw was just like had its all time low this past week. Rampage was like, or Dynamite, I'm sorry, was like what was eight hundred thousand. Yeah, something like that. And Rampage was like five hundred thousand. SmackDown's holding close to around two, I think it was. Like, I don't know. I like the the AEW swings have been a little more severe. I think than like Raw's and SmackDown. I think their audience is kind of built yeah. in. I've seen that AEW one. It, it fluctuates a lot. It seems like. And yeah, but I, I I wonder what what they need to do to get back to that million level consistently again now. Like. Next week will be interesting to see what they pull next week, like because they've got like that they big, have, yeah, like they have like right? special shows almost now throughout. Like where you're saying like they're they're slowing down, but they really aid like WWE definitely like it was definitely their playbook. But AEW has quite a few special shows coming up over the next couple months too. So yeah, you know, they figure, went crazy with them for a while, and then they yeah. like they haven't had that many recently. Yeah, because yeah, winter is coming. They have. uh Battle of the Belts, they have, I think they Which have isn't even, a, it's not a dynamite, though, is it? It's like, a, I think Battle of the Belts is like Saturday night. It might and be, yeah, but yeah. It's like separate. I think it's like, yeah. going to be like a Clash of the Champions type yeah. deal every quarter. Yeah, but well, they definitely seem like they've been trying to load up a little bit more with their programming again, like they did early to try to help. And I, it probably won't hurt. Like I have. I have found AEW's programming to be again a little predictable lately. So right. some more, you know, bigger matches, you know, like a little that I don't, you know, like for example, tonight's card, like there's really 
there's no real surprises in any results. Like you basically, you, you know, who's walking in, you know, who's winning kind of thing. So it'd be nice to have some of those cards where you got a little more. Like I'm not, game going yeah. On. yeah. All right. My, one of my critiques lately, I still really like it. One of my critiques, like I'd say from September on though, is too many. And I always, I've got rattled with when I was watching Raw by this was too, they're just starting to do too many rematches too close together. Like too much, like Cody's fighting some some fucking combination of Black and Andrade and FPRs involved for like a month straight. Like there's too much of that, and that I don't feel like they were doing as much of before. And they've got the roster to not do that. So. Like they've got a shitload of people now, and only Obviously. so much time to use. Like three hours right. in a week is. Not a lot, considering all of the talent that they have. Yeah, no, and, and when you're, and when, but when you're, when you're featuring Punk on every show, yeah, like, yeah. like Punk gets the first half hour of Dynamite tonight. He had the first half hour of Dynamite last week, so he's eating up half hour of every show on, uh, himself almost. Yep. Daniel Bryan's in a marquee matchup every or main eventing almost every week, so. You got two guys that are almost eating up 45 minutes of your program if you're one show right there. And there's usually at least one of them on the other show too on Friday night. So it's right. And yeah, I think that's that, fine right now because I think those are the two best parts of the show right now, actually. I think especially Brian Daniels and stuff. I think what they're building to is going to be pretty awesome with them because I think they're I don't think you're too far away from seeing Omega heels like team between those two guys. Yeah. Like for right. Punk and Punk and Brian are going to be together, especially. I don't like I said, Mike, you haven't seen tonight, but being in Long Island and him with it, being an MGF home and Punk uh, feuding with them, it's definitely uh, not a favorable crowd for CM Punk tonight. So, right, letting the letting the AEW audience see Punk get food isn't it's, a good yeah, thing because that opens good. the door for wherever they are next week for that to happen again, right? So, right, and with Brian going down there. Man, would it be amazing if you had those two guys talking about how they wish that they never came here? We're back where they used to work because the, <laughs> the competition right. is real. They're like, man, you could have some major heat for that crowd if you're running that angle. Like that oh, would yeah, be absolutely. pretty amazing. And Brian kind of, and Brian has kind of hinted at like that, like mm. those kind of things a couple times already. So yeah, I'd yeah, one of that play out. One of the best moments, the most heat I've seen in AW is when Daniel or when Brian Danielson. Mentioned that he headlined WrestleMania. Headlined WrestleMania. Yeah. I just went wild. I headlined WrestleMania and defended the title last night. What are you doing here tonight? And the crowd was not happy. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's just kind of And that's that's the good stuff. Like, that's like, I'm not a huge fan of some of the cheap shots that the two companies do with each other, but that's the type of like smart programming that. You use yeah. your history there like that. That would and, be amazing. And the AW like hints at WWE stuff a lot, but it, oh, yeah. they were still shocking to hear like actually hear WrestleMania. On, yeah, on AEW. Um, yeah, no kidding. It would be like, do you think at any point? I don't know. This is me just dreaming that we could ever see some sort of. Is AEW and WWE too competitive at this point where we could potentially see some sort of team up? No, not if Vince never, is still above ground. Vince has, <laughs> never, Vince has never really worked well with anybody. 
Yeah. Like, uh, you no, look at any. He you look closed at any everybody of, down. <laughs> well, no, it's not true. Like you look like over Vince's history, probably the company that had the best working history or history with probably would have been ECW. Yes. Like he, he helped yes. keep them yep. afloat for yeah. quite a while and stuff like that. But you look at some of the deals he had going back with like New Japan, and I'm not I'm not talking about like the deals where he's shutting territories. I'm talking like where they're trying to work with each other and trying to like exchange talent and stuff. Like it never really works out too well. Like maybe Smoky Mountain Wrestling it kind of worked for because Cornette did get some pretty good returns off of like yeah. letting the you know, uh, when he brought the bot heavenly bodies and was Magic Yokozuna like he would get some pretty good returns on guys coming back and doing shows at Smoky Mountain from WWE right. for that, some of that stuff, but the heavenly yeah, they don't play well with others. <laughs> and just the way, like, how they don't corporate WWE one. is, it's a public company, how it's structured yeah. now, it just, that, yeah. just how they view, point, view themselves as a business and as, like, yeah. more of an entertainment company, it just doesn't No, it doesn't with, add up like, for Working them. with the you know, a secondary wrestling company. Yeah. And they're the, whatever you want to say about the product and like whose shows you like better. They are the big dog, you know, as far as, you know, like their place right. in, in business oh, world yes, goes sure. financially. And when you're typically the big dog, you typically don't play with others, right? You let the, you let right. two, three or four, they can play together in the sandbox when we stand over here in our palace, right? Or however you want to yeah. put that, right? So right. I have no doubt, no doubt Tony Khan would want to do something just because he like as we were saying before the broadcast he's just like a wrestling nerd <laughs> like he <laughs> would just find that so he would he wouldn't he would just do it but he'd love it yeah well i'm sure he'd want it to make sense financially whatever but yeah the, the wwe side would, wouldn't be doing that all right well anything else that we got to cover as far as uh wrestling or sports or anything for you guys no, I want to go watch the show now, I think. Oh, well, then let's get out of there. We've got no stump the chump as uh, Brad is a no-show. Kevin walks away. It's a two-week uh, champion. Good. I've got a busy week ahead. Now I don't have to do the questions next week. <laughs> <laughs> Brother's got to place Brad, his bets. Brad's cowardliness saved you a half hour of your life. Yeah, they are. And there's two Winnip- Winnipeg-based questions on here. So he's a dog. Especially with what's going on this weekend. Yeah. Or I guess it would be Damon next week, or would it be? How does it no, work? Well, what, I don't, that's a few to decide who my point is. Brad is forfeited. Brad has been counted out again. So it should take okay. to go back to Damon. I guess I it would be his turn. Let's, but uh, I'll let Jack Tunney figure it out here. Uh, Jack Tunney <laughs> can figure that one out. I, <laughs> I will be prepared for either of them next week. But. Okay. So I'm good. That's hilarious. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Cab, where can we find you on uh, the Instagrams and the, the social media of the world? Big Cab HW Fantasy on Twitter. And Mike McCullough. Buddyman222 Instagrams. You can find me, DSO67. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Brad, uh, or sorry, BCarl607. That is on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and uh, you can find us at the High and Wide Podcast also on Instagram and on Twitter. And we'll see you again right yeah, here. Can't wait. can't wait to wake up in the morning when we're 15 degrees warmer than we were today. Can you, like, how hilarious bah, is it? It's supposed, to, to, be, Christmas. It's supposed to be, like, plus two on Sunday. 
I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Stupid Manitoba. The I'm one gonna... day I the one day I can't go outside anyway. <laughs> uh, You're no. not coming over to help me build the rink in the backyard? What are oh you my Brother, crazy. What's going on? <laughs> oh, we're building the ODR, that's for sure. That's what will happen on a plus two day too. Uh, anyway, we'll see you again right here on the High Mind Podcast next week. Don't miss out. See you guys. Later.